to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to begin? Do you fear your job is in jeopardy or is your business income reduction keeping you awake at night? We're in the best time in 25 years to make a fortune in real estate without using your money or credit. My name is Ron Legrand, and I've taught a half a million people to do just that and personally bought hundreds of houses myself. If you'll call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and leave your information, I'll send you the first 500 callers my hot new CD, Foreclosure Fortunes, and my best-selling book to help you get started absolutely free. I'll show you how to build a six-figure income part-time with no previous experience and no license, even if you're a busy professional. Call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and get my new book and CD free. That's 800-970-6156. Take your life back and make this your best year ever. Call 800-970-6156 now. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Good afternoon. It is I, Chuck Morse, hosting Chuck Moore Speaks Monday through Friday, 10 till noon, right here at the USA Network. You're welcome to join the program, 844-439-1391. 844-439-1391. My guest is author Arthur Goldberg. Arthur is the author of Light in the Closet, Torah, Homosexuality, and the Power to Change. Arthur is the co-founder of Jonah. Jonah stands for Jews Offering New Alternatives to Homosexuality. It's a nonprofit international organization dedicated to educating the worldwide Jewish community about the prevention, intervention, and healing of underlying issues causing same-sex attractions. Jonah works directly with those struggling with unwanted same-sex sexual attractions and with families whose loved ones are involved in homosexuality. Jonah offers access to professional, compassionate help and a wide range of potential resources, both psychological and spiritual. Arthur, thanks for joining me this afternoon. You're welcome, Chuck. My pleasure. Arthur, I'm finding this book to be more profound and broad and deeper than simply an examination of the uh, the influence of homosexuality and the uh, gay rights movement as it's manifested itself recently, in that you get into generally a, a broad spectrum of examination with regard to how um, – we've become spiritually broken, you might say, and how there is an agenda afoot to essentially promote the brokenness rather than a sense of healing. So before we get into a specific conversation, could you give us that kind of an overview of your thesis? Sure. Uh, I mean, I think that's what happened. And there's there's an excellent book, by the way, that recently came out, uh, by a Robert Riley called Making Gay Okay, How Rationalizing a Homosexual Behavior is Changing Everything, in which he, he also writes about the culture war and really talks about the fact that we, we've, we've had a whole difference between uh, accepting really much more the, um, the Rousseau philosophy 
philosophy of um, individualism as opposed to the ancient Greek philosophers of Aristotle and Plato and those kinds of things, in which really uh, we, uh, we're in a, in a politically correct world today of anything goes, whatever you want is, is supreme, and there's no concept of, of holding a community together. And I, I believe that part of the reason why we're having so much difficulty and, and so much uh, division in today's society is because we're, we, we have gone overboard in the aspect of individualism. The, um, the, the, first of all, I think that we should point out that, um, you know, contrary to maybe conventional reaction to, um, to your book and to this issue in the context of the times in which we do live, your book is not anti-gay, nor is your position. In fact, you state right out front that uh, you give credit to the gay movement for basically reducing discrimination and 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 uh, essentially you know maltreatment of homosexuals. Um, but at the same time, you point out that um, the the norming of homosexuality and the equating of the homosexual relationship with the um, conventional marriage relationship is something that has a greater agenda to it than simply saying that, uh, you know, a gay couple should have the same rights as a straight couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get into more than just even the spiritual aspect of it, which uh, which you do a brilliant job of expo- expostulating on, on how the Torah sees it. It's more a, a literal conscious agenda to undermine... Uh, faith and to undermine conscience and to undermine conventional mores of uh, of both moral and ethical understandings. So, uh, talk a bit on that, if you will. Sure, I, I think that our society has has really decided that religion no longer has any value, and unfortunately, um, I, I believe that that is going to be the demise of our society if we don't really understand that we have. We are put here as a religious person that we are put here by God, and uh, that we have a role to play in terms of trying to keep the community together. I think one of the things that you pointed out, which I think is really quite uh, important, is that we are not. I am not, and neither is my organization. Quote anti-gay. We're not against gays in any shape, manner, or form. We basically say that that what's important is for people to be able to have understand that diversity and tolerance works two ways. Uh, the, the gay activists have been basically demanding uh, that they be accepted, and then, of course, the acceptance went to affirmation, and that they've kind of kept increasing the bar each time. But um, what's really important to understand is that uh, we have a, that, that, the, that the person who doesn't want to be gay, the person who feels a, a problem in terms of his own... Um, moral conscience, his own religious aspects, that he should have the ability to also say, I don't want to be this way, and get help for what he wants. That's a very, very significant aspect that seems to be forgotten. You know, it's interesting that, uh, as you say, it's a two-way street. On the one hand, if, if, if we want to have a society that tells someone that if they decide that they're gay or however it comes about, 
that that that's going to be okay. At the same time, why not also say that give the same rights and the same respect and the same sanction to someone who says, I don't want to be gay. You know, I want to be straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet when you talk about this, and I have mentioned that I was going to be doing this program with a couple of people who I wouldn't necessarily say a liberal, but they're more conventional thinkers. They, they were shocked that I would even discuss such a matter in that they insist that things that first of all, you cannot be not gay if you're gay. And secondly, that the idea of therapy um, is is something that, that that there's something sinister about that, 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 that somebody who who wants to get counseling for being gay. There's something about that that we should look askance at, that it's not possible. Well, uh, the, the how do you respond ma- to the critics? Well, the fact of the matter is, is there are literally innumerable hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who have successfully changed. And what you're talking about is that you have there's three levels at which homosexuality uh, is really uh, visible, so to speak. One is, in, in terms of an individual. One is feelings. You know, I have the feelings. The second is behavior. I'm actually doing things. And the third is identity. This is how I identify, that I've basically taken on my sexuality as my identity. Um, and the truth of the matter is is that uh, all three are capable of change, uh, some to more or, or, or more or lesser extent, but all three are clearly capable of change. Uh, I, I generally refer to it as the FBI, except it's not the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It's <laughs> feeling right. behavior, feelings, feelings, behavior, identity, um, and it's it's important for people to understand that that how do they how do they explain the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who in turn have really been able to change, many of whom through uh, the aspect of going to therapy, because homosexuality really is a byproduct of other underlying emotional issues. That it's not the issue. So it's not, the, it's not that when someone comes to therapy, that they're coming to therapy for their, to, change, to quote, change their sexuality. They're coming to therapy to deal with underlying issues which result in homosexuality. And I think that's an important distinction, because if they're able to solve or work with the underlying issues, the homosexuality will, will change almost, almost naturally. You know, what, what you're saying here, Arthur, is something that was conventional wisdom among the psychological community up until around, I think, the 1970s or so. In fact, uh, this is what Sigmund Freud talked about. He spoke of the homosexual, in this case, the male homosexual, and probably for the female homosexual, it would be the, the you know, the, the roles reversed, that there was a, um, at a young age, it somehow there was a break in the bonding between the young boy and his father or other male role models, mm-hmm. and at the same time, an, an inordinate closeness with the mother, and that this developed a, uh, you know, a gender confusion and a gender identity problem. There was not, I mean, every society, even the most primitive of societies today and historically, they have a process by which they they turn the young boys toward masculinity. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what, in a sense, the bar mitzvah is about. I mean, this right. is, uh, you know, they're becoming a man, becoming a young man who is part of the community, part of the congregation. There's a whole process that goes on, 
and that somehow this process, which appears natural in society, is interrupted. That's been the conventional Freudian view of the situation. This changed in, the, I think, sometime, I, I think, in the late 1970s, early 80s. Ni- 1973, when, actually. Okay. It's when the gay lobby, it's a political group of people that are not necessarily gay, they're more left-wing, they pressured the American Psychological Association, the people who published that annual book that they published, yeah, to yeah, remove yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, so, it's, so it's talk a bit the, on that. It's called the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, the DSM, and it's actually the American Psychiatric Association uh, who, uh, ha- who publish it. Uh, and the American Psychological followed suit, and it's called the big APA and the small APA. But the uh, the the whole aspect of of the what happened in '73, which was when the American Psychiatric made the change, they were also po- supposed to do a follow-up study, which they never did. And, and in terms of the whole issue, the real reason why it was taken away at the time was really for uh, political. Uh, purposes uh, and the fact that they didn't want to discriminate against gays, and no one wants to discriminate against anybody. So it, it's not a it's not a question of discrimination, but it is a question of what's now happening is, as I said before, is the discrimination is going toward the person who says, "I don't want to be this way. I want help. I, I want to be able to change my sexual right. orientation." And sexual orientation is indeed changeable. Uh, I mean, I'm involved in some litigation now where we've had 15 or 16 people testify to the fact that change is possible. I've changed. What's the problem? Right. Now, uh, Arthur, the uh, the fact is that after this change in the DSM, uh, with where the, the idea of uh, counseling uh, people who have same-sex attractions was kind of removed from the system uh, and that uh, homosexuality was seen as something that's innate, what we saw emerge from that was this insistence cloaked in the garments of science, which I'd like to see the science on this one, that somehow people are born with a gay gene, that somehow this is genetically hardwired into the person. Now, that, that it doesn't on the surface make sense to me, uh, you know, and I'm not a scientist, so I don't know, but first of all, if someone is born gay, then the likelihood that they're procreating would have been reduced. So why are we having more people now? Anyway, we're going to take a break. Arthur Goldberg's my guest. The book is Light in the Closet. We'll be right back. Pop quiz, kid. You know it's at 3221 Highway 22? The new Dickinson Granger branch. You know it was there before that? Who cares? There's a Granger branch there now. Granger's got everything we need from inventory management to safety services and solutions. They even have this handy mobile app for easy browsing on the go. Let's head over there and stock up. There's nothing I love more than a new Granger branch, kid, including you. Get it? Got it? Good. Call clickgranger.com slash oil and gas or stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ready to create your own income with your own home-based business where there's no such thing as getting laid off? If a billionaire entrepreneur spent five years and $20 million searching for the next big trend, Wouldn't you want to know what he found? If you're serious about making money from home without having to leave home, then write this down. www.goherenext.com. You decide your income. Goherenext.com. 
Have you ever thought about saying goodbye to your job, just walking into your boss and saying, I quit? And how would you like to commute to work without ever leaving your home? If a billionaire entrepreneur spent five years and $20 million searching for the next big trend, wouldn't you want to know what he found? If you're serious about making money from home without having to leave home, then write this down. www.goherenext.com. You decide your income. Get the facts now. Go here next. Com. This is a special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. When our daughter Emma was born, we took a look at our credit card debt. It was not a good situation. We had been running up balances for quite some time, and it became a crisis. Finally, my wife Vicki said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752 to talk to a certified counselor. We called them, they contacted all of our creditors, they stopped the collections calls, they got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your bills, stop collections calls, wipe out late fees, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We are now completely debt-free, and we will never be in the spot we were again, thanks to Trinity. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-793-8752. My name is John. I'm Vicki. And I'm Emma. And, and we're, we're debt-free debt for keeps. That's 1-800-793-8752. Hi, I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. With one phone call, you'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. It's a free service, so call now. 800-379-2206. 800-379-2206. Author, journalist, and American patriot. This is Chuck Morse Speaks. Thanks so much. My guest is Arthur Goldberg. is the author of Light in the Closet, Torah, Homosexuality, and the Power to Change. So, Arthur, we, we were talking about the, the current um, argument, insistence, on the part of the establishment and the gay community as the spearhead of that. And when I say gay community, I'm not talking about all gays here. I'm talking about a, a political leadership. Right. That right. homosexuality is inherent, that it's, uh, it's born, you're born that way, as, um, as I think um, Lady Gaga said, I am born this way. <laughs> uh, what's the deal on that? How can we be born this way? What, well, what, 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 no, you know, no how, one, how do, how do no we refute that? that? 
there's no no one's born that way. The need to portray gays as victims is what is become the inseparable link to the born gay hypothesis. Because if you're born this way, you can't do anything about it, and therefore you present yourself as a victim, and therefore you try to gain all sorts of rights. Now, the easiest uh, way to dissuade people of this is to talk about all the identical twin studies. The there have been probably a half a dozen or more identical twin studies. Now, if 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 this is truly genetic, if there's a gay gene, um, and someone uh, and if you have a set of identical twins who share the same DNA, if one twin is gay, the concordance rate for the other twin to be gay should be 100%. They have the same genes, should be 100%. No problem. Um, the truth of the matter is they've never even come close to that in any of the studies. The typical studies run somewhere between 5, 10, 12 percent, perhaps, of concordance rate. The highest that was ever recorded was when they did a non-random, non-blind study, uh, and they advertised in the gay newspapers for identical twins to come forward. Even then, the best they could get was like a 52 percent concordance rate, which means 48 percent were not concordant. And you remember this uh, guy, what's his name, Jason, uh, the, the basketball player who came out as gay recently? Uh, right, uh-huh. I, I know who you mean. Yeah, okay. So he has a twin brother. His twin brother is straight as an arrow. Uh, right. And the fact is... Well, uh, you know, it's even, more, it's even more insidious than that. Because first of all, I mean, you, you, know, the, the, you know, I think it was Gore Vidal back in the 1960s who once described... Homosexuality is an act, not as a person. Mm-hmm. And if somebody is involved at some point in their life in a gay tryst, does that mean that suddenly they're gay? I mean, that they've been wired as such from from childhood. What about prisoners? I mean, prisoners, exactly. when people 100%. are in prison, you know, they, they they have gay activity because they're in prison for life, and there's it's a situation. You know, it's not because they were born gay it has more to do with behavior and, and opportunity than than with uh, with anything inherent but but in a sense i mean as you say author i mean when you tell someone well you know you're born this way and that's it this is your this is your lot in life this is your, the, what the, the hand you've been dealt um you know it, it's it's worse than just simply playing a victim card because i mean if we all accept homosexuality as normal then there's no more victims it's it's really telling somebody that, uh, you know, th- that they are going to be defined by this, you know, attraction a- a- as a core part of their being. And, uh, you know, th- you know, the third part of your FBI identity, that's the aspect of this whole phenomena that's new. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing new about homosexuality. It goes back to the Bible. But but the idea of publicly identifying yourself as a person by your sexual proclivities, that's what's new. And right. that adds, I think, a, an extra burden to to telling someone that they're, they're gay at birth and then, uh, you know, they feel that they're under assault unless they identify publicly because then they're, they're in denial of who they are. You know, they're homophobic, as it were. Right. You know, let me, let me uh, um, recount to you uh, an incident I had recently. I had a young man come into my office who said, well, you know, I know I'm born gay, and I, I went through this whole thing about you're not born gay, that there's no such thing, and the genetics, et cetera, et cetera. Then I said, well, how do you know you're gay? You know, he said, uh, and he says, well, I, I was 
uh, ever since I'm three or four years old, I, I knew I was gay. I mean, I, it's, uh, and I said, well, I said, can we agree that gay, gay is an identity? Yes. Okay. And, we, and can we agree that uh, that if you if you have this identity, it relates to a sexual behavior? He said, oh yeah, absolutely. I said, okay. So what did you do at three or four years old that was sexual? In fact, did you even know anything about sex? And he looks at me and he says, you're messing with me. I said, no, no, I'm not messing with you. I just really want to know. I said, I'm trying to, if we agree on certain premises, let's understand what the, where the conclusion goes. I said, what is it at three or four years old that, that you did that was sexual that therefore said that you were gay? I said, you know, the truth of the matter is, is what happens when people have these feelings before they, and then the behavior, and then the identity, is that they... All right, Arthur, we're going to take a break here. Sit tight, we'll be right back. Arthur Goldberg's my guest, Light in the Closet. We'll be right back. ...with a pretty good idea on how you can earn extra money in your spare time, and while you're doing it, help provide food for starving children. You heard me. Now you can earn money for your family and provide meals for hungry children all at the same time. Why don't you check out usagoodness.com. Get more information on starting a new home business. You'll feel great earning extra money to help the family budget, but you'll feel even better knowing that your work is actually saving lives. Go to usagoodness.com or call toll-free 800 301 6177. Again, 800 301 6177. You can earn some extra money for your family while helping other families in dire need of food and provision. 800 301 6177 or usagoodness.com and you can tell them Pat Boone gave you the number. Hi, I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now... Very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. And my guest is Arthur Goldberg. Light in the Closet is the book, Torah, Homosexuality, and the Power to Change, published by Red Heifer Press. Arthur, you know, I think that you make the point that that a person's sexuality really doesn't begin to form until one reaches adolescence. It's not something that um, that happens or one, you know, when one is born with very, very rare exceptions, and those being, of course, hermaphrodites, and mm-hmm. that's an extreme rarity. Correct, um, correct. As far as whether whether or not one is born gay, uh, I don't know the total answer to that. I think that it very well may be the case that some people, a very few in number, 
very well may have been born gay, but the vast majority of people, I think, who identify themselves as gay or who have same-sex attraction were not born gay. They developed the behavior and the attraction for reasons that you've explained. I mean, it has to do with uh, with conditions of psychology and with the relations with gender, and it's a complex issue. It's a very right, complex right. issue. It's a very and complex to, issue. to kind of boil it down, to boil it down to say, oh, well, people are born that way, it's not only is it simplistic, but from a political standpoint, it's very collectivist. It's mm-hmm. like saying this group is all this way based upon behavior or urges, you know, in a ways, and that they're all like a certain way. It reminds me of, it's almost like the way people, some some people, racists might view race or, or you know, I mean, this idea of, of viewing people under a collective rubric rather than taking a look at the individual and saying matters of, of sexuality and, and, and are very complex and they're very unique to that particular individual and their conditions. Not, and no two people are alike. Right, and, and, and you alluded to this before, but I think it may be helpful to spell out that there are a number of underlying factors that uh, generally can bring about the homosexual feelings in terms of the behavior and in terms of the identity, such as detachment from the same-sex parent or over-closeness to the opposite-sex parent or peer wounds, a very, very major issue is peer wounds from a kid growing up. Uh, it may be uh, body image wounds, you know, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, whatever. A feeling that I'm different, that I'm less than others of my gender. And really what homosexuality is, ultimately, is a sexualized envy. I envy somebody, and then I sexualize that envy. And the theory is, is that I want to, by taking this person, quote, inside of me, I can be just like him or her, as the case may be. Um, and that's, that's very interesting. And, and that's really the underlying psyche of this. No, I mean, I, I, could, I, I could get that. In other words, like in the case of a male homosexual, you don't feel, you know, in the course of your development, however that happened, like you're truly a man or that you're truly going to be a man. So therefore, you envy others that you think or you look to as being full men, even whether they are or not, it's another story. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you fantasize that, and that fantasizing can become erotic. Exactly. After a while. Exactly. Okay. And in fact, um, you know, this feeling of being less than also, you know, the, the over, oversexed heterosexual has many of the same exact underlying issues. It's just he acts it out differently. Because the the, right. the the oversexed heterosexual is trying to bed down every woman who kind of goes across his path on the prove that's going to prove my my manhood. So it's the same the same aspect, and it's a perception uh, that the homosexual has that this guy uh, I'm talking about the male now, for example, but you know this guy you know has either the personality or the physical look that turns me on, and that that, that I feel mm-hmm. I'm lacking. Right, and, and as you say, it's in the broader sense, it's it's an oversexualization uh, of a person based upon feelings of inadequacy and insecurity, uh, and and that this has been promoted by our establishment uh, for reasons that I don't totally understand. I have my suspicions about. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with the work of Dr. Judith Reisman. Yes, I am. Um, and her. Right. I mean, she's been a guest of mine many times. She's talked about the Kinsey 
influence yeah, what, what, and how that spawned the Playboy. Studies. Unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. Okay, we'll be right back. Another break here. A Truth Talk defender, Chuck Morse, is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show Chuck Moore Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Moore speaks, people listen. The taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the On Demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com help you? Hi, I'd like to cancel my teeth whitening appointment. Oh, may I ask why? I found a teeth whitener that works in five minutes that I can do from home. Can I ask what it is? It's called Power Swabs, and it whitens your teeth in five minutes, doesn't leave my teeth feeling sensitive, and it's a lot less expensive than visiting the dentist. Hi, I'm John Greenhut, the CEO of Power Swabs, and if you want to whiten your teeth two shades in five minutes and six shades in seven days, then try Power Swabs. There's no messy strips or trays that you'll have to leave in your mouth for an hour, just swab your teeth and you're done. It removes stains on natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. Try Power Swabs risk-free by calling 1-800-270-8863. That's 1-800-270-8863. I guarantee your friends and co-workers will be wowed by your new white smile. Try it risk-free and get free shipping and handling today. Dial 1-800-270-8863. That's 1-800-270-8863. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. My guest is Arthur Goldberg, Light in the Closet, the name of the book, Torah, Homosexuality, and the Power to Change. Uh, Arthur, before we get into a topic on the political aspects of this, which uh, I think derive from the work of Kinsey and then were advanced by people like um, Hugh Hefner and, you know, the kind of the, the sexual revolution, the free love movement of the 60s, uh, I want to clear up a couple of what I think are misconceptions about restorative therapy because uh, when I bring this up to people uh, that I am I, I'm discussing this today well, in advance, 
I, I heard comments, and they are comments that I've heard commonly made, that uh, that restorative therapy is wrong because you can't force a young person or anyone to be straight. It's not possible, and that there is an element of coercion involved here. Now, I know that that's not true, but I'd like you to talk a little bit about how it is that someone receives this therapy and, you know, under what conditions. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're 100% correct. Coercion is the furthest thing from what it is, but that's part of the propaganda mill, is that people are being forced to do this. First of all, from a psychological perspective, if someone doesn't want help, they're not going to get help. You can lead a horse to water. You can't make a drink, okay? So to say that people are being coerced or forced into this is absolutely false and malicious, and it's part of the propaganda that's out there. The only people that this works for are people who truly want the help. It's like anything else, okay? An alcoholic or a drug addict or anyone else that wants help will get help, but you can't force them to get the help. Uh, now, once they, once they want the help, the fact is, is that it's a deliberative process between a counselor and a, a struggler, as we call him, or a journeyer, um, to deal with, again, his underlying issues. There's, you know, there's a propaganda out there about uh, the electric shock therapy and, and uh, all sorts of other right, things. Yeah, I've heard that. It's all garbage. It's not true. It hasn't been done in 50, 60, 70 years. Yeah. I mean, first of all, that kind of stuff was done in the old days by psychology and psychiatry, but it had nothing to do with gay therapy. It was just what they were doing exactly. right after World War II. Those, yeah, I mean, those sorts of practices were fairly common, and they were phased out primarily, I don't know, in the 1960s around that time. Now, the other, well, we have another break. Sorry about that. We've got one more break here. I've got another question related to this. We'll be right back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Taking back America one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. And Arthur Goldberg's my guest. Uh, the Light in the Closet, Torah, Homosexuality, and the Power to Change. Arthur, the other canard that I hear with regard to restorative therapy is that um, besides the fact that there's the claim that it's not possible to change, which, I mean, I don't see as anyone's business. I don't see that as relevant. That's up to the individual, you know, to decide if they can change, whether they can change, or if not, at least how to manage their urges if they don't care mm -hmm. to, to have them or engage them. I mean, that's personal. 
You know, that's not. Uh, but the other thing is that uh, there's the accusation: what happens if, in the course of restorative therapy, a person decides to that they that they are gay and want to be gay? I mean, is there w- w- where does the therapy go from there usually? You know, again, it's a question of free choice. If someone wants to be, you know, in Yiddish, I would say, and I, I pun intended here, is if someone wants to be gay, gay is to hate, which means go in good health. But uh, the Yiddish has the word gay, so it's kind of like a, a pun. But the, the truth of the matter is if someone, you know, most good therapists who who involved in whatever one wants to call it has ten different names, restorative therapy, reparative therapy, gender-affirming therapy, whatever, um, basically... Their view is that if, that this is up to the individual. The right you follow the client. That's the right of client determination. What the client wants is what you do. So that's right, wants, and that there's no there's no gay, co- they, they, you know you say fine. Well, you know if someone wants to be uh, wants not to be gay. You say fine, and you try to work their underlying needs are. That's right. I mean that there's no coercion that takes place. First of all, it's illegal for therapists. For it's against the not only the um, the code of ethics for for therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists to engage in any kind of coercion. So no one is coerced to do any kind of therapy in this country. That's not legal. If someone feels that they are being coerced, then let them bring it up to the ethics board of the American Psychological Association. But putting that aside, I mean, the fact is that uh, if someone resolves, they they come to a therapist, whatever you want to call it, restorative with with a, a, a desire to try to understand the origins of these feelings mm-hmm. that uh you know they don't think that it's part of themselves inherently and they 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 basically go through what any other therapy situation would go through people go to therapists as you say for a lot of things they they go because they might have a propensity toward alcohol or toward a lot of things mm-hmm. and if in the end of the day they decide that they're okay with the gay feelings then, as you say, they go go in peace. Right. I would assume that the therapist involved, who specializes in restorative therapy, however, they probably would not be working with that person anymore. Would that be true? Some yes, and some no. It depends upon the therapist. There are some therapists who say, "Listen, if you want to change, I'll recommend you to a good, gay, affirmative therapist." There are others who would say, "I can also help you with that." So it depends upon the therapist. Okay. Now, your book has a long list on the back cover. Of prominent people in the psychiatric psychological community who are endorsing your findings. So this mm-hmm. isn't something that um, is coming out of the blue here. What 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 you're offering is simply an op- a, a, a possibility, a, a form of therapy for people who seek this kind of therapy. Correct. There's it's no coercion involved. Right. It's an option. It's That's an right. And, and it's not in any way a, co- a condemnation of people who decide to to go gay. I mean, it's not you know, that's not part of what this is about. Correct. This is more a, a a free, yeah. It's a it's a free choice matter, and yet I've seen examples of the the gay community that is trying to outlaw this therapy. They mm-hmm. want to have laws passed to ban it. They claim that it has something against gay people, that it's homophobic, and that uh, you point out in the first chapter of the book, and I'm just getting through this book. I want to have you back because it's it's very deep, and I, and I like the stuff you get into with regard to, uh, to Torah study, which is interesting to me. But 
but but you point out in the first chapter that that this that this young man went to a, a therapist and was told that he was suppressing homophobia mm-hmm. by questioning his same sex attractions that that in a sense uh, you know he was not helped in that way and that that his problem was that he wasn't accepting the fact that he was gay what do you say to that well yeah i mean that that's the case the case that we call jay which actually was a a, a i analyze it it's a um it was a store it was a case study of someone that was reported by a uh, a Dr. Locke in the American Journal of Psychotherapy. Uh, and what, in, in my judgment, uh, there was a misdiagnosis totally, because this was a guy who, uh, as a young man, had all the classic risk factors that we talk about detachment from the father figure, enmeshment with the mother figure, uh, same sex peer wounds, etc. Right, we've got another break here, Arthur. We'll, we'll be right back to continue. Okay. Please stay tuned. Thanks. Light in the. Look, kid. When guys like us walk into a facility in the morning, we can smell a problem. No one needs to hand us a work order. We already know it. Today, for instance, we need a new gearbox, six globe valves, and a dozen ballasts. And when I smell a problem, Granger smells that I smell a problem. They help me keep this place up and running. Now that's the kind of smell I like. The sweet smell of success. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, click Granger.com, or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the bathroom. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much, Arthur Goldberg, my guest. Light in the closet. Arthur is generous enough to stay on in the second hour as well today. Uh, Arthur, so uh, so what's the deal there? The um, you know with this uh, with the, with this case. Well, what basically happened is that the therapist, his ideological uh, affiliation, it basically impinged upon his own professional integrity. And he was so convinced that uh, of this of this alleged internal homophobia, which to me is a non-existent aspect of life. But anyway, uh, he was so convinced of it that he basically tried to convince this young man that it, everything would be uh, would be fine if indeed he uh, all he had to do was give in to his gay feelings. And when he had a sexual affair, for example, with some an older man, by the way, ten fifteen years older than him. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. That's the way it happens. Don't don't worry about it. But well, the kid ended up basically being terribly troubled after the therapy, and and he admits that and, and that the kid was tr- troubled, but still holds on to his ideological purity of uh, oh no, this is what I, I guess this is what we really should do with these kind of people. And I'm saying, wait a minute, the kid the kid didn't even want to be gay. If you look at his own report, he says, I don't want to be this way. Uh, and he had again all the classic risk risk factors that we talk about. 
So, and, and, and people can change. The important thing to understand is that, pe- that the bu- people do have the ability to change. There's a wonderful website called voicesofchange.org, which, ha- which has videos and audios and um, written testimonies of people who have successfully changed. There's dashes in between the words. It's voices-of-change.org. Um, and so to just take this ideological purity of change is impossible, which is what you're hearing from some of these people you're talking to, is just false. Well, you know, the irony of it is that they're the ones, you're claiming that uh, people who talk about change are ideological when, uh, whether they are or not. The fact is that these people are very ideological. The fact, thank you, the, uh, sorry about that. Uh, you know, it's ironic that uh, that they're claiming that um, that people who are well, well, we'll we'll talk about it when we come back from a break. Sorry about that, Arthur. Stick with me. We're going to take a break here for news. You're listening to the uh, the uh, USA Network. We'll be back. Special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 432 That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. Raised before, build a better mousetrap and the world will beat a path to your door. It's attributed to poet Ralph Waldo Emerson in the late 19th century. Since that time, more than 4,400 patents have been issued for new mousetraps, making them the most frequently invented device in U.S. history. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby from the Three Step Plan Home Business System. Now, we don't sell mousetraps, but we do market the highest quality products we can find in our business category. To prove it, we'd like to send you a free sample that you could try for yourself. Right now, we're looking for people in this area who would like to earn between $500 and $5,000 a month using a telephone and the Internet to market these great products. To get your free sample and find out how you can make extra money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com. That's 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. 800-480-2102. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. Hour number two of Chuck Moore Speaks, Monday through Friday, 10 till noon, Eastern Standard Time here at the USA Network. Welcome to join the program, 844 439 1391. 844-439-1391. My guest is author Arthur Goldberg. He's the author of Light in the Closet, 
Torah, Homosexuality, and the Power to Change. Um, this is uh, He's a co-founder of Jonah. Jonah is Jews Offering New Alternatives to Homosexuality. It's a nonprofit international organization dedicated to educating the worldwide Jewish community about the prevention, intervention, and healing of the underlying issues causing same-sex attractions. Uh, Arthur, we're talking in the first hour about some of the specifics around um, reparative therapy, whatever you want to call it, people who go to therapists looking to uh, to discuss and possibly resolve un- unwanted same-sex attractions, something that pre- before 1973 was a fairly conventional part of therapy and, and afterwards um, no longer was um, was done. Um, the uh, We gave the example of this therapist in, in the case that you bring up early in the book who had an ideological orientation and who told this young man who was going to him looking to uh, resolve what he felt were unwanted uh, sexual attractions in that he said that, that you, you're a homophobe basically. That you're, you're suffering from suppressed, yeah, you're suppressing your homophobia, and that your true nature is that you're gay, and that you know to to suggest otherwise is denying, you know, is 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 basically is is wrong, and is uh, you know shows that you're mentally ill, um, and, and I think that that they accuse people who want to help with therapy on this issue, not other issues, only this issue, it seems as being uh, ideological, and yet they they seem to me to be the more ideological of the two. Um, you know, they are trying to ban this kind of therapy. I suppose if you go to a psychologist uh, with the, uh, you know, the intent of uh, discussing unwanted same-sex attraction, it, it, today, by conventional definition, you're not going to get that kind of therapy. You're going to be told, and this guy, by the way, is a prominent psychologist i looked into him and he's got you know he's like the, i think he's probably fairly typical at this mm-hmm. point of uh, of the psychological establishment and that he's not going to help you he's yeah, going to tell you you're, you're right 90 percent of the i mean that's a, a ballpark number but 90 percent of counselors today will simply say you're born this way this is who you are but the case in which i cite he in his own report indicates that the that the client experienced continued depression, confusion, apathy, hostility, and self-destructiveness. And all of this worsening anxiety, hopelessness, and suicidal fantasies, by the way, were uh, basically were due to letting himself be pushed into a form of se- sexual expression that repelled him. That's not what he wanted. But we, and we, we, right. we, you know, we talk in this country about freedom of choice and freedom of expression. Well, if if someone doesn't want to be that way, and they say, "Look, I, my, my right of client determination. I want to come in. I want to be treated to help me overcome this. Not to be told that's who you are. Live with it." Um, and I'll, I'll help yeah, you I mean, it seems to be almost malpractice. Well, except it seems to be almost the conventional form. wisdom. You're right; it should be malpractice, but it's not, and because that's that is and, what and the psychological group say that you ought to be doing. Well, I mean, here we have a situation where this patient suffered more for over years because the therapist not only refused to get into where he wanted to go with his therapy, but 
created a, a an impression that that such therapy was impossible that You're he right. was trapped into into this and that he would not even have the opportunity maybe ultimately he might decide that he he doesn't want to change or he can't change but at least he wouldn't be given the opportunity to explore it like any other psychological issue now i wonder how many of these suicides that we hear about around homosexuals is due to this sort of therapy Oh, I, I suspect a lot is. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but I believe that suicide, you know, the again, the the liberal allies and the gay activists basically will say consistently, oh, you know, this is a this is a problem of, of suicide suicides. I'm saying, no, no, no. The fact of the matter is the suicide is when someone is hopeless, feels there's no way out. And if you're telling him you you have to be gay, there is no way out. That's what's gonna cause the suicide, not the reverse. Well, you know, conventional wisdom, if you if you bring this up to people who, you know, accept the way to look the the way this is looked at conventionally, they would say that the suicide was as a result of the gay person being discriminated against because they're gay, that well, uh, because they were not accepted. What this proves that is that if you look in gay affirmative societies like the Netherlands or other Western European countries, Sweden, whatever, there. And the suicide rates have not gone down. They've gone up in many cases. So the fact of the matter is is that 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 is a uh, palliative uh, excuse given by people that don't understand the issues. You know, I suppose that, you know, if you look at it logically, if someone is born gay and that's who they are, then they probably would not be inclined to commit suicide because they'd be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if that's who you are, then that's who you are. It wouldn't matter so much if other people liked it or not. There'd be a sense of like, well, this is who I am. But that's not what's going on. That's not what's going on. And the truth of the matter is that's not what people are or am. You know, it's again, it's again, as I said earlier in, 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 the, in our discussion, you know, there's, there's three levels of this. There's feelings, there's behavior, and then there's identity. And the identity piece is the is the is the piece where uh, the gay affirmatives are so that you must identify this is who you are, uh, as opposed to saying okay you can overcome the feelings you can change the behavior and you can certainly change the identity you don't have to be that way so and, and particularly people right. who are religious people who come from whether it be Catholics or uh, Protestants Muslims Jews whatever have a very strong view. By the way, speaking of religion, I should indicate that Jonah does help people of all faiths or no faith, although we are a Jewish-based organization. We consciously, uh, under Jewish theology of being a light until the nations, do work with people of all faiths. Okay, very good. Um, We talked to the first hour a a bit about the political agenda going on here. I brought up the Kinsey Report, which was covered vigorously and well by Dr. Judith Reisman, who's been a regular guest on this program and who's the author of the book Sexual Sabotage. Uh, we find out from her research that um, that Kinsey was a homosexual pedophile who was involved who had the largest pornography collection in history and that he basically died, he, ki- he killed himself by chopping off his own penis, that he was presented publicly as this squeaky clean guy in a bow tie who was scholarly as with academic credentials he was promoted by the rockefeller brothers fund 
put on the cover of Time magazine. His his rule his uh, findings published in 1947, sexuality in the American male, and 1952, sexuality in the American female. It, it, it was very skewed in that he interviewed, you know, he'd go to gay bars to interview men who he claimed were representative of the average man. He interviewed prostitutes who he claimed represented the average woman. Um, and his findings and went prison, launched a lot of sex, sex yeah, in prison. That's right. He was mutilating infants to see if they could be stimulated sexually. We're talking about a terrible, evil, deviant person who did some really despicable things. And yet his findings were used to launch the sexual revolution. They were used in court situations to decide uh, uh, you know, trials, to, de- to make decisions, determinations that favored uh, pedophiles and, and other sexual deviants as they had been defined up until that time. And it opened the door to the sex revolution of the 1960s, as did sex education and mm-hmm. SICUS and other things. Right. What is going on there? Why do they want to do this? Why are they determined to overthrow conventional Judeo-Christian, in our case, because America is a Judeo-Christian society, why do they want to overthrow our sexual mores as defined by the Torah of Sinai? I think it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a theory that they really want to have their own personal opinion and individual beliefs basically enforced by the government in American society. Uh, and um, the, 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 the concept here is I think that people do not wish to only be tolerated in terms of their uh, private sexual behavior, but, then to, but more importantly to have that behavior publicly vindicated and recognized as normal. And that's that's really why you have the right. push for all this all this uh, whether it be same sex marriage or or any of these other kind of issues. Um, they 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 really want to change the idea of reality, and they're trying to change the 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 concept or, or to invert, I guess, is probably a better word, to invert reality uh, as to what what is all about. So so they so this might I mean think about this the homosexual. Uh, group is basically 1.6 percent of the population. That's something that just a recent figure came out by the National Institutes of Health. So 1.6 percent of the population is having this huge outsized influence over the balance of 98 percent and 98.4 percent of the population. Of course, Kinsey said it was 10 percent, but we know that was bogus. Totally uh, bogus. But but Arthur, yeah. But but Arthur, the question I I have is. It's kind of a two a two pronged question, which is first of all, why do they want this? I mean, it's one thing to say that if someone's gay or if someone has other sexual proclivities, that they have the same rights to be treated with basic dignity and respect as any other citizen. That's fine, and that's something that I think is universally accepted mm-hmm. and supported. And, but but why do they want to have this phenomena where it has to be seen as not only good? but as equal and on par with conventional sexual mores. I mean, it would be like, for example, if you had a movement of, uh, of, of adulterers who wanted to say, we want adultery to be accepted as normal, we're going to form the adultery club, and we're going to promote laws that uh, promote adultery because we think adultery is good. Now, look, it happens, and someone who's involved in it 
They have the same rights as anyone else. But why pretend that these things, I mean, in other words, it's kind of seems to me to be an agenda not to get rights under under law, not to have be treated with basic respect, which is something that I think is accepted, but to impinge upon the not only the rights of those who who believe in conventional morality and religious uh, belief, but society in general to undermine those those principles. And that brings me to my second part of the question, which is why is it that the American establishment, you know, Time Magazine putting Kinsey on the cover and the New York Times through the uh, editorials of, uh, of, um, of Anthony Lewis back in the late 90s, who was married to Margaret Marshall, who wrote the gay marriage decision here in Massachusetts, promoting gay marriage. Why are they doing this? Why are they manufacturing these things? All right, we're going to take another break here. We shall be right back. Arthur Goldberg's my guest. Light in the Closet is the book. This is a special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to begin? Do you fear your job is in jeopardy or is your business income reduction keeping you awake at night? We're in the best time in 25 years to make a fortune in real estate without using your money or credit. My name is Ron Legrand and I've taught a half a million people to do just that and personally bought hundreds of houses myself. If you'll call 800-970-6156, 24 hours and leave your information, I'll send you the first 500 callers my hot new CD, Foreclosure Fortunes, and my best-selling book to help you get started absolutely free. I'll show you how to build a six-figure income part-time with no previous experience and no license, even if you're a busy professional. Call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and get my new book and CD free. That's 800-970-6156. Take your life back and make this your best year ever. Call 800-970-6156 now. Hi, this is Janelle from Missouri. I've been doing Andy Willoughby's three-step plan for almost four years. I love it because I'm able to do the things that I'm passionate about, like youth ministry, going on our youth trips and homeschooling. Uh, we have a really busy schedule. I'm able to plug in my business into the three hours that we have. I love that it gives our family extra choices, like traveling. I love the people that I work with. I love the, doing the three-step plan. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby. The three-step plan home business system has been helping people find financial freedom for over 10 years. And I think we could help you too. What people like best about the three-step plan 
plan is you can actually have customers calling you. You don't have to be a salesperson, and you get to work with nice, family-oriented people. To find out how you could start making more money working from home, go to 3stepusa.com. That's 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. 800-480-2102. Dentist office, may I help you? Hi, I'd like to cancel my teeth whitening appointment. Oh, may I ask why? I found a teeth whitener that works in five minutes that I can do from home. Can I ask what it is? It's called Power Swabs, and it whitens your teeth in five minutes, doesn't leave my teeth feeling sensitive, and it's a lot less expensive than visiting the dentist. Hi, I'm John Greenhut, the CEO of Power Swabs. And if you want to whiten your teeth two shades in five minutes and six shades in seven days, then try Power Swabs. There's no messy strips or trays that you'll have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth and you're done. It removes stains on natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. Try Power Swabs risk-free by calling 1-800-270-8863. That's 1-800-270-8863. I guarantee your friends and co-workers will be wowed by your new white smile. Try it risk-free and get free shipping and handling today. Dial 1-800-270-8863. That's 1-800-270-8863. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and we're back here at the USA Network. My guest is Arthur Goldberg. The book is Light in the Closet. Arthur, we're talking about the um, the political agenda. Um, you know, we talked about Kinsey. We talked about s- uh, sex education as a means of undermining the uh, the father-headed family and replacing that with the authority of the state, which I think is a lot to do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, that was discussed by Philip Reef, who wrote a book called Beyond the Therapeutic, Beyond Faith. Um, in 1960, it's seen as a Bible of the sex revolution movement. And he literally says in that book, and, I, and you can quote it, that the purpose of sex education is to transfer the authority of the family to that of the state, mm-hmm. to undermine the, the sexual mores of young people at an early age, get them with their children, and to, um, and to do this so that people can, as amoral beings, develop into um, a, a, a dependence upon the wisdom of the elite who uh, want state power. I think that is a lot to do with what this is about. Um, you get into, in this book, uh, this, uh, this book, After the Ball, by... Um, Marshall Kirk and uh, Hunter Madsen, mm-hmm. and uh, th- that they laid out in this book an agenda that would go beyond simply expecting society to treat homosexuals with, with the respect that they deserve to be treated like any other citizen and to bring about acceptance and even even a, a good housekeeping seal of approval, if you will, right. on homosexual activity. Talk a little bit about that, if you will. I mean, basically, the the uh, Kirk and Madsen book really is uh, the uh, manifesto of the gay agenda. Uh, and I think anyone who really wants to understand the gay agenda really ought to understand what Kirk and Madsen said. They basically laid out an eight-point plan, uh, which was uh, to communicate with others at their own level while, while curtailing uh, gay self-expression appeal to the ambivalent skeptics, desensitize people to the subject matter, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they, they also talk about 
making gays look good, portray them as every man and every woman, or make and make opponents look bad, portray them as evil and victimizing. And um, it, it's it's a magnificent work, and they follow through on all all aspects uh, of it. They've done an incredible job, and it's it's really worth reading. Uh, it also relates, I think, to two competing philosophies that are out there in, in, within the American world, uh, or the American public, or in Western civilization even. You have the ancient Greeks who basically said that man by nature is a, uh, a rational, a political animal for whom the basic societal unit is the family. And therefore, because it's the, that's the basic societal unit, that's necessary for man's fulfillment, etc. Okay, you have the competing philosophy, which is that man is not a rational political animal, and that society in any form is fundamentally alien and alienating to individuals. Therefore, it's the individual who must reign supreme, and we need the state to basically enforce those aspects of individualism. It's it's a it's you know a, kind of yeah. It's a very it's fascinating battle. And and it's it's uh, and it also it, it, sorry. No, I, was, I, was just I, say, I think oh, it's go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna Please. Say, once we discover this distinction, I think we can then maybe perhaps start to philosophically and intellectually understand the difference between a custom which can be changed and nature which really can't be. And, right, right, and, and, and that's the issue that I think we're, we're, we're struggling with in our society today. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and in a sense, it, as you say, it goes back to the the ancient Greeks versus the ancient, probably pagans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that in modern times, this was the idea that was presented by Karl Marx when he talked about false consciousness. In other words, that such things as faith, as family, as belief in God, as private ownership. As, as as the right to trade goods and services, communication, all these things are false. They're they're false call false constructs that were created by a group of people who want to exploit others. This is mm-hmm. the grand conspiracy theory of Marxism, right. and that the way to overcome it is uh, is by recognizing the falseness of it and that you're ex- you're being exploited, and move toward collectivism, which is the idea of a one world ant colony, where everybody right. is equally and everyone's the same. Right, and in fact, uh, in the uh, Communist Manifesto and all uh, the, uh, that Engels and Marx and others wrote, uh, they they really viewed they they called for the abolition of marriage and family, which they simply viewed as oppressive institutions. I talk about this in the book about the socialist roots of gay anti-religion religionism, and uh, they really go into how the the workers' state will need new relations between the sexes, et cetera, et cetera. So this is, and this is something that is uh, really important to understand, the whole absolute individuality Absolutely. and the culture of narcissism. All right, we'll be right back um, after these messages. Special news alert to consumers who owe back taxes to the IRS. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers on back taxes, resulting in back taxes reduced by thousands of dollars. An open phone line has been established by Federal Tax Relief for consumers to call and see if you qualify for this reduction. To ensure your financial stability during this decline in the economy, take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call one 800 432 
800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, there's no need to fear anymore. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements from consumers, resulting in tax debts reduced by thousands of dollars. For your free information and to see if you qualify for your reduction, call the Federal Tax Relief Hotline, 1-800-432-0360. 1-800-432-0360. That's 1-800-432-0360. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Tune up the furnace, clean the gutters, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, plumbers, whatever type of home pro you need. And HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. And because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. Arthur Goldberg's my guest. Light in the closet. We're talking about some of the politics around the the promotion of um, sexual liberation generally at this point. Um, Arthur, we, uh, you know, you, you mentioned narcissism and the individual is supreme. I think that is a major part of the agenda in that uh, when, you d- when you take away any form of objective moral and ethical code that is not manipulated, manipulated by man, as in divine, uh, as in given at Sinai or however, um, and you put it in the hands of man, then, then therefore we can become gods ourselves. This is what the serpent warned Eve about, what, tried to lure Eve into in, in, in the Garden of Eden, that we can be as gods. In other words, you wake up in the morning and you decide what is good and evil, what is right and wrong, and to disagree with you is being uh, bigoted, is being discriminatory. It doesn't matter if you're Jeffrey Dahmer and you're chopping people up and putting them in the freezer. If you think it's good, it's good because no one has a right to tell you what is moral. That's being judgmental. And when you combine that with the the Marxist idea that um, such constructs as marriage and as love and as relationships, all these things are false consciousness that stand in the way of his fantasy of of a collectivized beehive of a planet, you end up with, uh, you know, Elites who want to undermine objective morality mm-hmm. and objective standards of ethics because it's against what those do is they actually promote a sense of freedom by the individual living within the contracts, context of, of a, uh, a moral code right. and, and, and replaces it with a collective mentality. So, you know, th- this is, um, you know, you know, you you said that like uh, you know Marx and and them they denigrated institutions like marriage and mm-hmm. family because they stood in the way of collectivism. Right. I think that's historically uh, documented. In Lenin's time, you had Alexandra Kollontai, who was a major theoretician, 
who talked about what she called winged eros and unwinged eros. Mm-hmm. Winged eros was was the bad eros because that involved emotional involvement and and spiritual aspects between two people. Unwinged eros was good because that's just lust. I mean, that's just having sex. And that she said ultimately the, the goal was that sex should have no more meaning to it than drinking a glass of water. That mm-hmm. it just should be, you know, part of part of what you are. Right. I think that Sigmund Freud also contributed to some of the darker side of this agenda with his idea of um, of um, polymorphous perversity, which uh, Judith Reisman writes about, and that is that um, the ultimate goal of mankind, the ultimate good, is to be able to have sex with anyone, anywhere, anytime, under any condition, without right. any kind of judgment, and right. that to disagree with that is you're mentally ill. There's something wrong with you. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I, I quote Colin Tai in in my book, uh, Light in the Closet, which, by the way, has a website. That's lightinthecloset.net. In case anyone's interested, they can go to the website lightinthecloset.net. Uh, but yes, you're absolutely right. And um, what we have is, is, in my judgment, is a distorted vi- vision of the American dream, uh, where we've just kind of reversed it all. We now have an environment where you can kind of uh, live for the moment as the prevailing passion. You know, live for yourself, for whatever you want, uh, not for your predecessor, not for your posterity, not for the community, but you know, your individualism, absolute individual individualism, reigns supreme. And therefore, family relationships uh, basically become tenuous or n- non-existent. I mean, you've ha- you tr- the this whole effort from a political point of view, I think, is to break down the whole concept of marriage and family, uh, family as as the key societal unit. Uh, we're we're in a we're in a situation today where divorce is becoming more commonplace. Sex without marriage is becoming commonplace. Uh, whether you're talking about casual sex or cohabitant sex, doesn't matter. Uh, where carrying right. on, on of the most private and personal kind. Uh, which used to be for shame and secrecy is now flaunted. I mean, look at TV and the radio, and you know, let's talk about this person's affair and that person's affair. They, they, they. That's right. Okay, we'll be right back. Defender Chuck Morse is someone you really do want to know. Chuck hosts the radio talk show Chuck Moore Speaks, which is nationally syndicated. He's the author of books and numerous columns that have been published broadly. Chuck received the 2003 Communicator of the Year Award and was named a heavy 100 radio talk host by Talkers Magazine. When Chuck Moore Speaks, people listen. The taking possession of this tiny holy land so that the Jew can serve God, not conquer the world. To hear Chuck live, go to irnusaradio.com. To hear Chuck with Deborah Ray on Truth Talk Beyond the Soundbite, visit the on demand page at deborahray.us. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, 
eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. People wake up worrying about their job and paying their bills, and that stinks. People in third world countries wake up worrying if their children will have anything to eat, and that stinks even worse. There's a way to help solve both of those problems. Get on the internet and go to usagoodness.com and find out how you can be a social entrepreneur. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, and for years I have been helping people work from home. With usagoodness.com, you can earn extra money working from home by helping to feed starving children in poverty-stricken areas. How great is that? The only tools you'll need are a telephone, internet access, and a good work ethic. We'll teach you how to be a social entrepreneur and earn extra money while helping others. Go to usagoodness.com or call 800-301-6177. Author, journalist, and American patriot, this is Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much. My guest is Arthur Goldberg. Light in the Closet is the name of the book. Torah, Homosexuality, and the Power to Change. Arthur, this book has so much in it. I'm, I'm going to have to have you back. I'm only about uh, 20% through the book, and, and I'm reading this slowly and carefully. Because it, get, it to me it gets into a, a much bigger issue than just the question of, of homosexuality and what it is and the politics of it. It gets into, as we're talking about, the overall question of um, so-called sexual liberation, the removal of sexuality from the sanctity of marriage, right? And and the political agenda behind that, the causes of that, which you definitely do more than simply allude to. And uh, the other aspect that we didn't even have a chance to touch on is exactly what is the Torah view of sexuality, which is something that is greatly misrepresented today. We didn't talk about female homosexuality, which you have a chapter on. We didn't talk right. about so much else. And and it's just uh, I really urge people to to check this book out. It is really a, a great piece of work. Um, we're reaching toward the end of the program, so just uh, Arthur, I kind of want to you know see if we can uh, you know capsulize things and 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 again promote where people can get the book and learn more about you and your book. Okay, well, first of all, there is a website for the book. It's lightinthecloset.net, and there's a number of the reviews are on there. They can get it myself, or they can get it directly from the publisher. Uh, It's on Amazon, so there there are places where the book book is available. Uh, It's also referenced on jonahweb.org, which is the website for uh, Jonah, which is the organization that I represent. Uh, and uh, there's, in terms of the whole process of change, I do recommend that they look at uh, uh, the voicesofchange.org with dashes in between the words, which has a lot of testimonials on it as well. Uh, there's also, from a Torah perspective, there's a website called Torah Deck, which is the abbreviation for Declaration, Torah Dec.org, 
which uh, goes into how the Torah feels about it. And, and you're right. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole misunderstanding, for example, about Leviticus 18:22. And let me just quickly see if I can run through it. The, you know, the the word generally the Hebrew word of Torah is, is translated as abomination, typically. But the Talmud, which is right. the oral law, which was handed down at Mount Sinai, according to the belief of us Orthodox Jews, basically says that it really stands for you have been led astray. And if you've been led astray, okay, we got a, another change. we got another brief break here, Arthur. We'll be right back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question: Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. Arthur Goldberg's here. Light in the closet. Torah, homosexuality, and the power to change. Arthur, uh, have you uh, been getting feedback since the book was published by uh, the establishment? I mean, have have you been under attack, or what's been the attitude? Or what's been the attitude toward your group? It, it, it depends. I mean, it's, it's a mixed reaction. I mean, certainly the book has been widely acclaimed and endorsed by uh, professionals in the mental health field. For example, Dr. Nicholas Cummings, the former president of the APA, uh, by a number of rabbis and clergy of other faiths. On the other hand, obviously, the gay activists, you know, think that this is Darth Vader. Uh, and how dare I, you know, speak about these subject matters. Um, and so I'd say it's a mixed bag, but on the whole, I'd say it's gotten more praise than condemnation. Thank God. Have you been able to, I mean, I think it's the kind of book that, um, it would really be a great service if you could break through the, um, the media wall, so to speak, and get into some major media, um, events, uh, to, to discuss this because you're in a sense, I think on the forefront of a sort of a almost a civil rights movement here you know this is uh you know is it not the right i mean you know on the one hand the uh, the gay rights movement so-called they're pushing the envelope by claiming for example that people should have a right to change their literally physically change their genders mm-hmm. you know the transgender movement which is right. being now normed well i mean i would say if someone has a right to change their gender if they have a right to switch from male to female, female to male, why don't they, by the same token, have a right to switch back to, you know, away from being gay? I mean, yeah, or, or rather, why, rather, why not rather, say? Yeah, exactly. Rather than maim their bodies, just basically deal with their mental, their the emotional uh, uh, issues. Uh, you're absolutely right. I couldn't agree right. with or, you more. Or, or, or in the broad, well, I bring it up in the broad sense in that uh, if someone can switch 
you know, from being a male to a female, why can't they switch from being a homosexual to a straight person? Yeah, I mean, I'm, right. I'm basically using this, yeah, the same logic. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and and certainly, and look, my all my life I've been involved in, in trying to fight for the underdog. Uh, I I was down south in the '60s doing civil rights work and that kind of thing, because and and you're absolutely correct that I believe this is potentially a new revolution in terms of civil rights because the person who doesn't want to be that way has the right to not be that way. That is the key, and the, and they're That's being right. denied. And to, and they're being denied that they... very right. Well, to tell them that they cannot get psychological therapy in, in their quest to do that is, I think, almost borders on the criminal. You know, I, I understand that they, they think that being gay is inherent. That's fine. But what about others who may not think so for themselves? Why don't they have the right to make that own determination in the same way that someone has the right to determine that they are gay? Exactly. You, you couldn't, I could not have stated it any better than what you've just stated well, I mean, I, I hope that that they can be challenged, and I hope that some of the lies and the misconceptions can be answered um, in an atmosphere that's that's constructive, and that's compassionate, and that seeks to get to truths, as opposed to this sort of charged uh, and nasty atmosphere that um, that one enters into when they when they discuss this topic, that that I think has the effect of frightening people. Absolutely, and and indeed, I mean, there have been places when I've been invited to speak, for example, uh, when uh, the activists basically uh, try to shut it, shut me down and shut down the organization that invited me to speak, and uh, you know sometimes they've succeeded and sometimes they haven't. So when you ask about what the mainstream is, it's very difficult. I mean, I I enjoy, for example, going out and talking in synagogues and churches and community centers and that kind of thing, and I do that you know uh, a great deal. Uh, but the there are so many different places and locations where uh, they the the politically correct mantra says, "Oh no, you can't say that. We're not going to have you here." And, and you know, it seems to be coming. It's getting even more divisive. In that, I've noticed that in in years past on this program, I've had liberals, leftists, people who don't agree with me. They'd, they'd come on the show, they would debate me, there'd be a respectful conversation. Sometimes we'd get heated, but for the most part, we'd be friendly. Now they don't even come on. They won't mm-hmm. even answer my uh, contact. They, they, they just, it's almost like a, uh, it's been, there's been a, a real separation mm-hmm. between, uh, between the points of view, a real divisiveness. And I think that's, that's uh, you know, they don't want to be challenged. They, they yeah, don't want to have to answer because they can't. Civil dialogue is supposed to be the essence of American society, but we are losing the ability to have civil dialogue. Uh, the uh, the the left wing is, has become so have almost become like the fascists. They don't want to hear a dissenting opinion. They don't want to engage in conversation, and that's that that's that's so antithetical to our to the basic views of America. Right, or even what they claim they stand for. Okay, right. we'll be right back to conclude the interview. Inherent contradiction. You have probably heard of the KISS system, K-I-S-S. Keep it super simple. 
Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby presenting the Simple 3-Step Plan Home Business System. I really think that the main reason the 3-Step Plan has been able to help so many people build a business working from home is because of its simplicity. If you have a telephone, internet access, and some good old stick to you can make more money working from home. For information, go to 3-Step USA or call 800 800- 480-2102. Our turnkey system will give you everything you need to be successful. Many three-step plan members are now in the top 2% of income earners in the nation, and they did it working from home. If you want a better financial future and think you might appreciate the freedom of working from home, we invite you to check out the three-step plan. Go to 3-Step USA or call 800-480-2102. Chuck Morse speaks. Thanks so much, Arthur Goldberg's my guest, Light in the Closet, Torah, Homosexuality, and the Power to Change. Arthur, we only have a few minutes left here, so again, introduce the book and your organization, how people can reach you. Okay, uh, the book is called Light in the Closet, Torah, Homosexuality, and the Power to Change. There's a website, lightinthecloset.net. I can also be called uh, if anyone has any questions. I'm happy to answer their questions. Phone number is 201-433-3444. That's 201-433-3444. We have a website, which is jonahweb, J-O-N-A-H-W-E-B, dot org. Um, And um, there are also several other uh, good sites that I'd recommend for people interested in the subject matter, such as Voices of Change with Dashes, uh, .org. Uh, there's another group called PeopleCanChange.com. There's several good websites out there. I mean, this is not something that is uh, just uh, I'm the only person out there talking about. There's a whole movement of people right, who really exactly. care about change. Well, Arthur, listen, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. I am really enjoying this book. It is an important and very weighty piece of work. Again, the book is Light in the Closet, Torah, Homosexuality, and the Power to Change. Arthur, thanks so much, and uh, take care. Thank you. Take care now. All right. And I shall return, God willing, tomorrow at the usual time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can check out my books available at Amazon or Amazon Kindle. Just go there and put my name in the server, Chuck Morse, like Morse code. You'll see about 13 books come up. Uh, And also uh, subscribe to my tidbit, which is my daily uh, email. You'll get uh, commentary from me exclusively and uh, and the podcast of the show. Uh, It's only 99 cents a month. You can cancel at any time. Just go to tidbits, T-I-D-B-I-T-T-S, and look up Chuck Morse Speaks. Or look up show notes and podcasts, and you'll see it under the category of politics. Of course, my free blog is available as well at Chuck Moore Speaks. And I want to thank you all for listening this afternoon. Thank you to the USA Network. I shall return tomorrow at 10. Have a good day, everybody. And if you're
you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just giving me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591.